And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. On a Thursday, I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you're having a great week. Hope all your preparations for the holiday season are going very well. Got some gift cards available. Email me, Travis, at TravisFultonGolf.com. Happy to set you up. Online lessons. Got some specials going there. Go on the website, travisfultongolf.com. See all the training programs that are out there. Always a nice gift. Operation Baby Draw, number one training program. Total driving, close second. Today's podcast brought to you by About Golf Simulators, my great partner. Loving my simulator, the showcase of my studio. Couldn't do it without him. Another one of my terrific sponsors, Hack Motion. I have really, I got to tell you, I have really enjoyed the Hack Motion wrist sensor and the videos that uh, we put together. Little winter training series, five videos, focusing on the full swing, some short game and putting. All concepts that I talk about on my platform, but utilizing the wrist sensor to help educate your hands. That's a concept that I've been talking about a long time in my instruction, educating your hands. It came from Homer Kelly, who was a Seattle guy, ironically. He put this book together called The Golfing Machine years ago. It was like the the science before the science, (laughs) before it was measured out. And there was so much great stuff. I learned so much from this book. It's not a book that you're just gonna pick up and read, but there were so many great nuggets. He was ahead of his time, and one of the concepts, educating your hand, something that that I talk about all the time. I just did it this morning with a couple students. And the hack motion wrist sensor gives you that feedback. It measures it in, in the context of this vertical motion of your wrist, this horizontal motion of your wrist, and this rotational motion of your wrist. And when you educate your hands, you really start to control the club shaft, the club head, and the club face much better. And so what does all that mean in the context of full swing, short game, and putting? Well, we'll be sharing those videos uh, as we move through the holiday season. Excited about that? Check it out, hackmotiongolf.com. Great, great product. Another holiday, perhaps, present for that someone special. Today's podcast, Just Me, audio only. I want to follow up on the conversation that I had with Brian Erlocker, the great Hall of Fame linebacker, Chicago Bears. I've known Brian for the last few years, and uh, he's a great guy. He loves golf. Got a terrific short game. I was so impressed when I played with Brian uh, a couple years ago, and just these little finesse shots that he hit around the green. I mean, it was really, really impressive. He needs my Operation Baby Draw program where he learns to shut the face earlier in the swing so he can swing a little bit more from in to out, but that's neither here or there. Brian, very spirited in his conversation. I had him on about a year and a half ago after he played in the Live Golf Pro-Am, and he came on, talked about his experience, talked about how much that he liked Live Golf. It was a spirited conversation. So I figured after everything that has transpired in professional golf, we'd have him back on. 
And once again, it delivered with a spirited conversation. I got a lot of feedback from it. Appreciate you tuning in and, and listening to it or watching it on my YouTube channel. And there were a lot of points made. I didn't really feel like I could articulate my point as well as I would have liked to, giving Brian the floor to talk. And so today I thought I would follow up with a few points and where I think we are in the landscape of professional golf and where it is today. And, and the first point, and I tweeted this out a few days ago in response to someone on X asking the question about the logic behind the way I feel or the way a lot of people feel about professional golf today. I've made, the con I've made the comment that professional golf, when you look at the landscape, it's completely turned upside down. The market, the industry, it's completely turned upside down. And the reason for that is because you look at the amount of money that is being spent, this absurdly amount of money being spent overpaying for players to come over and play for live golf. We saw it with Dustin Johnson. We saw it with Bryson DeChambeau. We saw it with Cam Smith, Brooks Kepka, et cetera, et cetera. And now we go to New Height and they get John Rahm to come over for $600 million. And good for the players. I've never criticized the players to saying yes for that amount of money. If someone came up to me and offered me an absurdly amount of money to come over and do X, Y, and Z, it'd be hard to say no to that. How do you say no to $600 million over three years? That is so much money. So I don't judge John Rahm for doing that. Does it annoy me that he goes up in front of the microphone after criticizing Live Golf for a year, year and a half, not liking the format? everything about it and that the PGA Tour is his home and he wants to compete against the best players in the world and that he doesn't play for money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the price is right and he jumps. Good for you, John, it's a lot of money. But what's annoying is the insult of that the reason that he went over there was that the platform is bigger and he's gonna be able to grow the game. <clears throat> Save us, John, that is not the reason why he went over there. Yeah, but the money's nice, it's part of it, and it's enticing, and yeah, and all these things, but there's other, no, there's not. There's not other reasons to go over there. The price just became so good and so absurdly over what the market can pay that you had to say yes. And good for John, good for DJ, good for Brooks. But what has happened here is that the market now is completely turned upside down. The PGA Tour, no tour can compete with what is happening in the professional landscape right now. They have tried up to this point. They have tried to elevate their purses, going into reserves, asking their sponsors to pay more money. Signature events, elevated events, whatever the hell they're called these days. Increased purses. And of course the market can only bear so much because 
a title sponsor like Wells Fargo is going to come in and they're going to examine what the business proposition is, how many eyeballs are going to be looking at this when it comes to the television product, the social media platforms, the streaming services, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm not in corporate marketing at the PGA Tour, so I don't know exactly all of these things that go into it, but I'm going to take a fair guess that the amount of eyeballs that are going to see this is going to determine what one can charge. And that's going to set the market. And that's what it has been for the PGA Tour for a long time. And whether you're a fan of all of these events that have just continued to grow over the years, up to 46, 47 events, whether you're a fan or not, the PGA Tour, you've got to give them credit because they've had sponsors lined up to sign up for this product to sign up for the amount of eyeballs that are looking at this product and what it stands for. Now, if you ask me, I've been critical. I think it's too many events. I think the product got too watered down. I thought the PGA Tour wasn't leading with its stars enough. And I think that's part of the reason that a lot of this now has backfired on them. But nonetheless, the PGA Tour has had a product They've got eyeballs looking at it. There's a certain level of respect across the world. Businesses want to associate themselves to it. And so they've been able to set the market and they've been able to line up a significant amount of sponsors to pay for it. Well, now the market is completely inflated. I mean completely inflated. They're paying an absurdly amount of money. John Rahm is not worth $600,000. I'm sorry. John Rahm, $600,000 for three years. Let's compare that to Atani, who just signed with the Dodgers, $700,000 for 10 years. Major League Baseball is four to five times bigger in revenue than professional golf, than the PGA Tour, an established brand, an established market. Four to five times bigger. Atani, $700,000 over 10 years. John Rahm, professional golf, $600,000 over three years. Now you tell me if that makes sense or not. None of it makes sense. And so the market is completely turned upside down. The PGA Tour now has had to inflate prices. They've had to go into reserve to try to get these guys to stay. And you know what Wells Fargo said? No, that's too much money to pay for what I'm getting. The market isn't that. It's not worth that dollar. It might be worth 20 million, 21 million, but it's not worth 25. And it's certainly not gonna be worth 30. Whatever those numbers are, they said no and they backed out and that's a problem. Honda, no longer. It's gonna continue because the PGA Tour can't operate in a market that's willing to pay X based off of eyeballs based off of real data, a real market, people watching, there's a number that can be associated to that and has been for many, many years. And when you go above that, they're not gonna sign up for that. And it's gonna continue down this path if we continue to operate in this manner. And of course, the competitor in the room, PIF, has what seems endless money 
trillion sitting under oil over there in Saudi Arabia. Now, they realize that they have to diversify and they want to get into sport. And they're willing to spend a tremendous amount of money, so much that it's going to turn the market completely upside down, which in the end, if we continue to go down this path, it is a prime example of what I would consider a hostile takeover. And that's the world that we live in today. Whatever side you're on, that's the reality. And if it continues to go down this path, the PGA Tour, I think, will be dissolved. I don't know how it can compete. I don't know why more players would say no to that amount of money. It's just human nature. Why would you say no? <laughs> You'd have to have your brain examined. Sounds like Victor Hovland's next. Does everybody have a price? I don't know. You'd have to ask them. But it sure seems that PIF, Saudi Arabia, is going to push those limits. Tony Finau said no. Tiger Woods has said no. Rory McIlroy has said no. Sounds like Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. I'm sure there's others. But there's going to be more that are going to go because they're willing to overpay what the market is significantly. John Rahm, $600 million. So we can't continue to go down this path. Golf is eating itself and it stinks. It stinks because I love the game of golf. I'm passionate about it. I work in the game of golf. I'm invested in the game of golf with my studio, with my platforms, with my podcast. And so it's, it's tough. I don't want to see the PGA Tour dissolve away. I want to see the PGA Tour to continue to lead. The PGA Tour has been a big part of my life. I think that the history and the legacy of the PGA Tour is meaningful to professional golf. Have they made mistakes? Yes. On the outside looking in, it doesn't feel like Jay Monahan has handled this situation very well. They certainly didn't evaluate the risk when Piff came to the table and was calling for the first time, leaving messages, hey, Jay, give me a call back, 904-216-31. And supposedly there was no callback, so they didn't evaluate the risk very well. Piff came in, they put a bunch of money into it, and they have hurt the tour significantly. If they would have taken the call and they would have evaluated the risk and there would have been some kind of deal there, well, you would, one would think that the PGA Tour wouldn't be as bad as it is right now because it's bad, folks. It is bad. Professional golf is in a bad, bad spot. It is so fragmented. The market is completely turned upside down. And as a result, none of it makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me, someone who follows it, someone who talks about it in the podcast. I talk about it with my parents who are core professional golf fans, PGA Tour fans, and they're like disgusted. I don't think they understand completely everything that's going on, but they're just turned off by it. And I'm sure there's thousands and more that are turned off by it, and there's thousands that are not affected by it, and perhaps there might be thousands that are going to come to the game for what LIV is all about. Who knows? But none of it feels right. None of it makes sense. And in my opinion, professional golf is eating itself, and it's never been in worse of a spot than it is right now. So what happens? 
And I'll finish with this today. Thank you for being here. Just kind of clarifying a few of my thoughts. Thank you to my sponsors about Golf Hack Motion. Thank you to Vistar Credit Union. Had a great event in here last night with the Wounded Warrior Project. So many good things happening in this studio. Super proud of it. Very grateful for those that have supported it. Excited for the future ahead. But in professional golf, it's like a big pit in my stomach. So what's going to happen from here? What's going to happen from here? Sounds like the PGA Tour is trying to rally. Sounds like they're trying to get investors, Arthur Blank and others. And they want to go toe-to-toe with PIF. Is that a good idea? I don't know. We certainly can't go down this path here. You're going to outspend them. Feels like if they do that, then PIF will just continue to overpay. But if the PGA Tour is going to try to attract all this money, it sounds like then maybe they're willing to overpay. I don't know. Can the market bear that? Certainly can't right now. And save it with those faceless ones, those nameless ones on X that come at me and others that basically have jumped on board that, yeah, Saudi Arabia has all the answers when it comes to growing professional golf around the world. Please, please save us. I understand that you may have some things against the PGA Tour. You have disliked some of the things that they didn't do. Like, I get that. But can we take a step back and look at this as a whole? So are they going to go head-to-head? Is that good for golf? Man. Certainly doesn't feel like it to me. I sit in this chair and I feel like, yeah, they got to come together, don't they? Like, that has to be the direction. They have to figure out this agreement, this skeleton agreement that shocked the world when Yasser and Jay were sitting on TV and saying, hey, guys, we're going to work together. Surprise. Yeah, I don't think that was probably the best way to handle it either for Jay. Leaving the players in the dark. Yeah, I'm sure that that settled quite nicely with them. And so now the skeleton agreement, we're going to work together, or are we? And now the tour sounds like they're trying to put a group together, and and perhaps, yeah, sir, and Piff feels blindsided by that, and they go out and they overspend, they get ROM to gain more leverage, but yet we're going to go head-to-head. Man, that feels like a bloodbath feels like more fragmentation, feels like more controversy, feels like more of an inflated market, feels like sponsors are going to have a hard time working through that, feels like the core audience is just going to continue to be shut off. So they got to come together, don't they? They have to come together. I have come to that realization. I am open-minded. Do I like Live Golf? Do I question the motive of PIF? Do I have concerns based off their track record and human rights, et cetera, et cetera? Of course, that's human nature. Why wouldn't you? But they're a player in the room. They're here to stick. They're here to play. They're here to compete. They're here to fight. They're here to do whatever they need to do to get what sounds like a seat at the table. They want a seat at the table. That's what it sounds like. That's what I hope they want. I hope it's not just a lot of money to disrupt 
and it's part of sports washing. I hope at this point, as we move forward, that they do come together and that PIF is in it for the right reasons. I hope that PIF wants a seat at the table with the most powerful brand in the world, the PGA Tour, and wants to put money into that brand and into that product to make it the best that it can be, and yes, grow it worldwide, but start to put the market back together and start putting the pieces in place right here in one of the most important landscapes, the United States, and start to work together for the right reasons, and yeah, make it a world tour. I think it's great, the idea of the best players starting to play in different markets around the world. I don't see any problem with that. But I just hope that as we go down this path, and that PIF, and the PGA Tour can come together, and that PIF is in this thing for the right reasons. That's what I hope. It's in it for the right reasons. There's something there for everybody. Live either exists or go away, but I would have to think, yes sir and his team, very smart individuals, would see the value of the brand of the PGA Tour, would see the strength of the PGA Tour when it comes to the respect and the brand recognition, not only in the United States, but across the world, would appreciate its legacy, its history, that meaning, would appreciate its contacts, its partners in the world for partnerships, et cetera, et cetera, sponsorships. That's what I hope at this point. But who knows? Who knows? Things could get a lot worse before they even remotely get to better. But as I sit here today, I hope they, I hope they come together. I hope they're willing to put their differences aside. I hope that greed is managed, egos are managed. And I hope that, yeah, sir, PIF, Saudi Arabia, I hope that they're in it for the right reasons. I hope that they're in it for the right reasons and they come in and they push out the best brand in the golf, which is the PGA Tour. Live can be a part of that to some capacity. And you lead with your best players. And you get them to get better and you get them back together and competing at the highest level in the United States, around the world. And we start putting the pieces back together and we start putting this market back in place. All right, a few thoughts on a Thursday today. Had a little time. Full book this afternoon. Another event tomorrow. Really enjoying these... Uh, holiday events in the studio. The winter is here. If you get away and you want to swing down to Ponte Vedra, come see me right here at my new studio. It's actually in Jacksonville. It's right on the line of Jacksonville, Ponte Vedra. But I'd love to see you here. I'd love to help you with your game. True Spec is here, one of the best club fitters in the game. They are operating full-time out of here. Every vendor, every shaft. It's been awesome to watch them go to work. And of course, a uh, little holiday gift. If you want a gift card, email me, Travis at TravisFoltonGolf.com. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate the support all year 
on the Stripe Show podcast. We have a couple more coming at you next week before the holiday season. And then we're going to take a week off and then we're going to hit the ground running hard in January with three episodes a week of the Stripe Show podcast. Tuesday with my man, Keith Stewart, all things gambling, looking ahead. Wednesday, we're back with PGA Tour player interviews. And Thursday, you know it, the best teachers in the world sitting down with me and talking about golf instruction. I'm Travis Fulton. Thank you for being here. PGA Tour, live. Enough. Let's put this thing together. Have a great weekend, everybody.